Hi everyone, welcome to And What Do You Do? I'm Ed, and this episode's guest is Devia. Even by the standards of this podcast, it is going to be a quick introduction. Devia works in construction, but probably not in the type of job you're thinking of. Let's get into it. Okay, well, I'm very pleased to have a new guest, but tell me, who are you and what do you do? Hi, Ed. I'm Devia, and I am a resident liaison officer, which is a job role part of the construction industry. I work for a design and build contractor based in London. So tell me a little bit more about it. What what, what does the job involve? So basically, it's the, some like to call it the softer side of the construction industry. And it's all about communicating with residents that live in close proximity to the sites that our company build. We're kind of known as the peacemakers. So any complaints that might come through from the residents, they give me a call and I get those queries answered. If it's a complaint regarding something to do with our work, say noise or dust, for example, I'll utilise the people I've got on site to help me and we can get those those issues resolved. It's about engaging with them through letters and newsletters, so just keeping them up to date on the works that we're doing. If there's something, a piece of work that we're doing that might have an impact on them, for example, a road closure, then um, we always, I always make sure that we get a letter out to the residents um, to give them at least seven days notice. Sure. And then there's the fun side of, of the job, which is I try and hold regular drop-in surgery. So they get to come and have a cup of tea with me. They can ask any questions they might have about the works that we're doing. Obviously, with the pandemic this year, I've been doing those virtually. And then fun things are things like activities that I do with them. So when I do the drop-in surgeries, I would often maybe set up some kind of art activity where it's, you know, making Christmas cards around Christmas time. I've I've done a pressed flower activity, which worked quite well. I might even get someone from um, the site that I work on to do a talk. So in the past, I got one of our health and safety managers um, to talk to them about what kind of health and safety measures we we have in place on our site, just just to give them an idea of, it just kind of opens their eyes about some of the technical stuff we do on site. So rather than just them asking questions and me answering them, you know, they get to meet different people from our team, if that makes sense. So forgive my ignorance, but um, is this is is this a new type of job? I've n- I'd never heard of it before uh, we've spoken. Is this a new thing in construction? No. Or has this sort of thing been going on for a while? It's been going on for some time. So that it, it kind of comes under um, comes under the community engagement sector of the construction industry. Um, so it's it's basically about it ties into the considerate construction scheme. Ah, uh, right. Okay. If you if you've heard about that, it ties into that. Basically, the Considerate Constructors Scheme, for those people that don't know about it, it's a scheme that um, that got developed in England many, many years ago, and it's trying to change the image of construction in a positive way. 
and there's five areas that so so all sites will sign up to a scheme and then you get audited by a considerate constructor scheme auditor at least twice a year okay and they monitor you on things which is environment health and safety workforce parents and then community so that's when i come into it but yeah, it's it's sometimes known as a community engagement officer, community relations officer. Um, but yeah, it, it comes under that community engagement remit that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Uh, because I, I, I suppose perhaps the thing that people experience most is when, in terms of that scheme, is, is perhaps the social hours sort of constraint. Yeah. You nowadays don't really have builders starting construction work at four in the morning. No. Or at least not without significant that, notice. That, that's right, yeah. Um, so basically most, well, all of our construction sites, we work from 8 o'clock in the morning until 6 at night. We also do Saturday works, which is between 8 and 1. Right. So you're right. Probably many years ago, it was, you know, they'll just start at any odd time, not taking into account that actually there's a number of houses that live close to our site. You know, we're making lots of banging. Um, you know, there's lots of dust. We need to take into consideration people that are living in houses near us. They might be retail stores. So, yeah. And you're talking here about sites, right, where you're developing multiple units, let's say, you know, whether they're houses or flats. I mean, you're not, you're not talking about doing up one house. You're talking about something that really is going to change the local community yeah, right that's right so for example i'm currently based on a site that we've got in lewisham and it's a regeneration scheme project and it's been done in a number of phases so basically we've regenerated an old estate that wasn't in such a good way and we've built new homes which is a combination of um, affordable housing as well as private units and um, shared ownership units and there's, you know, some nice landscaping areas as well. So community gardens um, and play areas for children. So you're right. It is, it is a lot of these regeneration scheme projects as much as they can cause a lot of issues for, for residents. They, they are about trying to improve those particular areas and those boroughs. Does that mean, did you liaise with people on the estate before the before the regeneration, I mean that is to say, uh, sort of existing residents, mm. or does your job come in after they have to sort of clear out? That's a really good question. So I come in after. So basically, the company I work for, um, we've been appointed by our client to build these new homes as part of this development scheme that our client has set up with the local authority. So the client and the local authority and the planning team would have done all of that kind of negotiating with the existing residents prior to them then um, appointing the company I work for to start the works. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. What I wanted to we'll ask come into was... it later, as you've, as you've assumed, is the correct answer, yeah. Sure. So given that you're responding to, I suppose, difficulties, Mm-hmm. I mean, if nobody complained and everything worked to schedule and went well, then then you you would have possibly quite a quiet job. But given that you're dealing with things cropping up that 
are, are difficulties. Mm. Is there a typical day for you? Or is it always something new? Um, yeah, it's pretty much always something new. There's always something new that might come up out, out of the blue. So, for example, I might get to, you know, I've, I've had a few occasions where I get to work and I've got certain stuff that I want to achieve that day. But then at about 9.30 or 10 o'clock, I might get a call from my line manager to say something's come up. I've got to attend X. Can you please go over to Southwark and attend this event for me and it might be some kind of uh, employment and skills event that I've got to to attend on her behalf you know a careers event or something that might be taking place at a local school in Southwark which ties into a site we might have in Southwark so so right anything can happen no day is 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 necessarily always the same but that's kind of what makes it enjoyable sure also part of my job is supporting my line manager who takes care of section 106, which is all about apprentices that we take on on our sites and making sure that we meet the targets that the local authority will often set for each of our sites. We have to take a number of, you know, apprentices and making sure that we we have local people working with us, that we're supporting those local boroughs that we're working with and trying to to support them through employment within that local borough that we're working in. So there's a number of job fairs I might attend each year. I often go into schools and assist schools that often have a employability program now, which is um, mainly for students in, in the later years. So nine, 10, and 11, they get to learn about, you know, how to prepare a CV and, and they'll do mock interview so various volunteers from different businesses not just the construction industry will go in to volunteer their time and um, they might interview say seven students and give them a mock interview so that's another element of of um my job that that i do okay so let me ask you quite a, a sort of a general question then what's the most difficult thing about the job what's hardest yeah, so some of the difficulties that I face is, you know, there will be times when I might be faced with a difficult person. Um, they might be quite, you know, annoyed about something. Um, they might be very angry. So it's just trying to kind of manage that, you know, always remaining professional, trying to, you know, you. I think with this job, you've you've definitely got to have a level of empathy with the local community that you might be dealing with and and most of the time they're fine but you will sometimes come across um maybe a couple of residents who just just aren't happy and nothing you do is going to satisfy them those are some of the challenging aspects and i've learned along the way not to take any kind of um comments that they might say to me personally <laughs> Right, okay. Which was quite difficult when I first started in this particular type of work. But along the way, you just learn to, all right, that's fine. They're just another human being. That's how they feel. You know, I know that I'm doing a good job. <laughs> the majority of residents around me, um, you know, appreciate what I do and, you know, all that sort of thing. Another challenge is when it comes to preparing uh, letters and newsletters so communications to the public i will often have to get those approved by our client 
before they can then go out to the public and sometimes that can take a while. So for example, I've just got out the Christmas newsletter for one of the sites that I work on, but it took quite a long time for our client to come back to approve it. And I was sort of getting a bit kind of anxious because obviously we finish up on um, on Wednesday, our site's going to be closed from Christmas Eve onwards. So I knew that I really had to get it out to the residents on Friday, just gone at the very latest. But in those situations, I just sort of have to give them a polite, you know, deep, gentle kind of nudge to say, you know, further to my email, X, Y, Z. So, so you, you have to be, you're very well practiced in being diplomatic in all yeah. situations, I guess. Yeah. And I think, you know, you do have to be proactive as well, you know, looking ahead. Um, I guess the final kind of major challenge is when most of this team that I work with are really supportive when it comes to queries and complaints I might get from the residents, but you do sometimes come across the odd member who just doesn't really care. So that's another challenge. Right. And that's when I might have to, you know, kind of get my, get the project director involved a bit more to support me with that. Because is the considerate scheme, considerate construction scheme, yeah. is that voluntary? Are there, are there, I mean, apart from perhaps just the general benefits of liaising better with the community, mm. are there tangible benefits, I guess? Well, I mean, when I say tangible, maybe I'm thinking just financial. Is there a really good business reason to be part of that? I mean, most sites will be signed up to them. And if they aren't, they're very much encouraged to do so because it's not just about community, it's about the safety on the site, you know. Do we have people, you know, although we're the contractor, we've got subcontractors working for us. Are they working in a safe way? You know, are the crane operators doing the right thing? Have we got the people on our site making sure that everything's safe? Then you've got the appearance, you know, is the overall appearance of our site when you're walking past it along Lewisham Road, is it looking nice or is it looking scruffy? Sure. You know, are we are we looking after our workforce? Do we do we have things in place um, for those members of the team that don't have good English? You know, do we have some kind of translation? You know, stuff like that. Right. And then you've got the environmental side of it as well, you know what are we doing to kind of protect the environment around us? Do we recycle? Do we not recycle? Those sorts of things. So yeah, it, 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 it definitely benefits the sites and the overall company. Okay. You know, like if, if, if we were not working in a safe way, we would have the health and safety executives probably coming on to us strongly. Would You know, we might even have, I'm being very hypothetical here, we might even have the local environmental team coming down on us and then that that's obviously going to impact the company which means a lot of clients won't want to work with us again we won't get jobs so yeah it has an overall benefit so the company you're with you're taking on these big projects Mm. uh is it the kind of in your job at least as you're part of it is it that you bring everything to a conclusion you sort of tie it up with a bow and then you move fresh onto a new site a new development scheme or do things tend to overlap while one thing sort of tailing off as the project gets closer to completion, I suppose? Are you then starting to ramp up on a different site? From my point of view with the work that I do, what generally will happen is um, the project will start to finish. Meanwhile, there might be another new project in a different part of London starting up. 
which I, right. I will then be allocated to. So it may be that I start to slowly start to um, finish my number of days on a site that I'm currently on. So I might sort of start to only do maybe two days there. So then I can right, I see, three I see. days a week on this new job, you know, say in Battersea, hypothetically speaking, um, if that makes sense. So there's always the marketing team who might be involved in the tenders are always looking at our future new jobs and stuff. And then from there, I'll be allocated to something accordingly. So so how did you come to this in the first place? Um, so the previous uh, job that I was working on, which was also construction, but not so much housing, it was the rail side of the construction industry. And I was on a project in connection to the Crossrail project that's happening through London at the moment. Um, and I was there for about four years. I was a project team administrator. Um, I was mainly um, assisting our project director closely or supporting him as well as the overall team. Um, and it was through that, near my kind of last two years of the job, I got involved in supporting. So while I was on the client side with this particular job. So in my current job, I'm I'm working on the the contract side, but with this job, I was um, we were the client and we were overseeing our contractors. So I got involved in overseeing our contractors' community engagement um, commitments. So I was chairing meetings with them. I got involved in some of the activities that they do, and it was through that that I kind of thought, oh, I really enjoy this. You know, the people connection. You meet lots of different yeah. people. Um, you're trying to resolve issues. There was just something about it that really kind of, uh, that I really liked. So through that, I was able to do a bit of shadowing with our community engagement department at the head office to give me a bit more kind of idea of what they do, which I really enjoyed. So yeah, that's really how I got into it. And then our project was slowly starting to come to a finish in the tail end of 2015. And I started to apply for some internal vacancies within that uh, to be a community relations manager. That was the term that we used on our project then on that job. But I wasn't successful in getting those um, while I was getting interviews, which was really positive. I wasn't, I unfortunately wasn't getting the jobs because of my, my experience level. I didn't have enough experience. But I attended a volunteering job at a school. It was a mock interview session with young students. And I met a lady who works at the job I'm doing now. And we got talking. All right. I found out a bit more about what she does. She found a bit more about what I do. And she said, oh, actually, um, I'm actually looking for a resident liaison officer at the moment. And so we got talking and I explained that, you know, I've been applying for some jobs, but I wasn't really getting them. And for whatever reason, she she said, look, send me your CV and, um, you know, I'd really like to arrange um, a time to meet you. So the minute I got home that afternoon, I sent her my CV. Um, she set up an interview. I had various interviews and then, yeah, I got a job and she's now my line manager. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's uh, that's a, a nice sort of coming together, yeah. aligning of the stars, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Can, can I just ask in terms of, I suppose, construction in general, are there common, I mean, you talked about Crossrail and that's an enormous 
It's a very long project. It's enormously uh, disruptive in some ways. Yeah. There's huge numbers of people, a vast budget. Yeah. And so comparatively, what you're doing now, mm. an individual regeneration is a smaller scale. Does the culture change much or do you, do you find that it's, it's quite similar, you know, even talking about housing and talking about rail? Does construction kind of feel the same no matter what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think it generally does. So this is the third, this will be the third job in the construction industry that I've had. So Crossrail and then the previous job before then was also rail related. And then now I'm in the more kind of housing side of things. And yeah, I think it generally is the same. I know for a fact that for my side, having worked in the industry for a while now, I definitely enjoy working on site rather than being at head office level sure it's, it's just a different feel you know you're you're working on site you can see the project growing you can see it progress from you know the ground up and and for me that's that's quite exciting and also the other element is it's it's, it's quite nice being on a project from start to end sure. sometimes there might be a situation when you where you don't get to kind of have that but working on site for those reasons is quite nice so I think generally for me it it is kind of a similar vibe and atmosphere from my experience and and do you feel very much part of the the crew in terms of I mean I'm just thinking as a complete outsider Mm. when I notice construction working going on it's because Mm. I'm walking down the street and I see folk up on scaffolding uh, doing things that I can't do uh, fixing things building things sorting stuff out is there a sort of division uh, between people doing the the sort of jobs that you're doing and people maybe literally hammering something in or or putting up bricks or does it feel that you're very much part of the same team working towards something in common um that's a really good question i've i've generally speaking always felt part of the team but then it might be different for me because I'm not on the ground working with the people who are actually physically building that that product. Right. So so other people might have a completely different answer to you. But but for me, I've I've generally always felt part of the team, very supported. As I said earlier, you you know, I will come across some people that just don't really care, you know, that what they're doing might be having an impact on the residents. And it's 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 just trying to kind of enforce that, you know, we do have to respect the neighbours that are around us. We can't be swearing. We can't be leaving litter as we leave our site. We've got to respect those areas. And uh, through talks with them, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and then it's things like, you know, let's say they might be doing something social as a team. They'll always include me in that. You know, I get I get involved in the client meetings that we have each month on site where we have to report to the client on activities and then there's the community engagement side of that. So I attend those meetings and um, update the client on on what we've done within that month. I hope I've answered that all right. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense to me. As I say, I'm, I'm coming to it completely from an outsider <laughs> and I I never really sort of thought about um it's, I never really thought about anything uh, uh, apart from uh, you know the, the actual sort of I guess the logistics of the building. putting something up. Yeah. 
but we're almost at a time, so I'm going to come to my last question. A sure. uh, bit of a bit of a strange one. I'm going to I'm going to offer you a different job. I'm going to say that your your current job has come to an end, okay. and rather than taking on a new contract of the same type, I am going to offer you a different job. But what I'd like to know is which of the three jobs that I that I give you uh, you'd be interested in, mm-hmm. if any. Mm-hmm. But if you are interested, then what what is it that interests you, or what do you think it is about you that makes you or would make you good at that sort of job. Okay. Uh, so the three jobs off the top of my head, yeah. uh, you can be a, a jewellery maker. That's how I'm going to say it. I'm sure there's, I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly, but you, you're going to make jewellery. That's one job. Yeah. You can be a, I'm going to say you're going to be a personal assistant to like a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, works in industry, does all sorts of things. So you're going to be there. Uh, PA, mm-hmm. or you can be a dairy farmer. Three quite different choices. And again, with all of these things, I've always made. I should plan them out before beforehand, but I just made them up off the top of my head. So I possibly didn't put as much thought as I should have into them. But what I'd like to know is which one are mm. you most interested in and why? Yeah, um, I think I definitely had to go with the first one which is jewellery making. Funny enough, I have actually done a couple of jewellery courses before, which I really enjoyed. And I think I, I think that probably ties into the creative side of me that I um, that I like to kind of develop on. And I get to do a little bit of that in my current job. But, but yeah, I, I think jewellery making would be great. You know, you get to kind of, you know, you can broaden your horizons in, in terms of what you want to design. And I know that I'd get a lot of joy out of that. The course I did many, many years ago, so quite a long time before I moved over here to the UK, I did an evening course for about, I think it was about two months. And from that, we got to make a bangle and a ring. And it was great. You know, you could, they basically taught you how to make a basic ring, just, you know, a basic band. And then from there, you could develop, you know, stuff that you might want to put onto it. So, um, yeah, I think for me it would definitely be jewelry making. No, no love at all for dairy farming. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think I'd be up for dairy farming. I've done a bit of you know reception, and I've done PA now to know that you know while I enjoyed it and I developed some really great skills, doing something different would be nice. And I think out of dairy farming and jewelry making, it would definitely be jewelry making. Brilliant. Well, thank yeah. you so much for uh, speaking to me today, Divya. Um, it was really good to hear from you. Um, thanks very much. No problem. You're welcome. My thanks to Divya for speaking with me. Definitely a side of the construction industry I knew nothing about, as I think I made clear. It just goes to show you what you can find if you scratch below the surface. Hey, what a seamless callback to the purpose of the podcast itself. Well done, me. That's pretty much it for this episode. It, and all the previous episodes, are up on andwhatdoyoudo.co.uk. And as always, you can get in touch at andwhatdoyoudopodcast at gmail.com. Quickest intro and outro yet? Possibly. Never mind. There will be a new episode along in a bit. Until then, take care. Speak soon.
Thank you.